0: Are we good? <laughs> right, here we go. Okay, good morning. God bless you. Morning. Um, morning. Sorry about that. IT, it's only going to go wrong, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, we're going to continue this morning on our topic of rest. Uh, Tim Free, adequately last week, spoke about rest, particularly in relation to Sabbath rest and taking time out, resting yourself, uh, body, soul, and spirit. I'm going to carry on talking about rest this morning, with a particular focus on spiritual rest. Spiritual rest, resting in God. Um, Hopefully, your hearts are already warming to that, because I don't know about you, but I need a lot of that. (laughs) Um, So we're going to look at rest, uh, spiritual rest, and how perhaps we can find opportunities to get more spiritual rest in our lives. Um, just to make a point, we, we know that that physical rest is important, don't we? Mm-hmm. To kind of recharge the batteries. Uh, we need physical rest. Because we're not machines, are we? No. Uh, but also, uh, we need spiritual rest too. And kind of resting ourselves <coughs> physically kind of almost seems like the obvious thing to do. Because the symptoms are tiredness and so on. But with spiritual rest, it's very easy to neglect... Uh, the inner man, isn't it? Um, uh, we need to take care of ourselves spiritually. We need to take care of our, our inner world. Um, I don't know if anyone's heard of this guy. A guy called Mike Hewitt. Had a big impact on my life many, many years ago when he used to be an elder uh, at a church at Sidcup. And he used, the first time I ever heard him, is that me squeaking? Yeah. It might be. Mm-hmm. The The first time I ever heard this statement was from him. And he said, he said, if you're tired, go to bed. (laughs) 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 If you're weary, go to God. Mm -hmm. I thought, what wise words. I don't know if that's original with him, but it just stayed with me. So 20 years later, I'm still Mm -hmm. using that one. Uh, That's wise words, I think. Um... You know there, there is rest to be found in the presence of God mm. Amen. and you know God God said to Moses in Exodus and um, for our Moses he was a guy that was very challenged both by leading a people that were very difficult to lead but also he was pursued with enemies and God said to him in Exodus I believe 33 my my presence will go with you and I will give you rest And God gave Moses rest from distress and from his enemies. Uh, The presence of God went with Moses. And if that is true of Moses, how much more uh, is that going to be true of us? Particularly when we've had the promise of Jesus who said, I will be with you always. Um, If we can get Psalm 23 up there, please, at the back. That's the one. Uh, I'm just going to sort of spring this talk, really, from Psalm 23. Um, I'll just read it out. It's the first few verses. That says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. You know, David, from his own experience, really was. You know, he fully appreciated uh, the value and importance of a quiet place. Mm -hmm. Uh, A quiet place to to drink and be refreshed in a dry land. And David said that the Lord is my shepherd. Mm -hmm. And the Lord is. Our shepherd. You know, God is a shepherd God. God's not actually referred to too many times in the Old Testament as as a shepherd, but he is referred to as a shepherd. And God being our shepherd, that means that he provides for us. He he gives us rest. And he leads us. And he restores us. Mm. You know, when he leads you, that means he's he's giving you guidance. When he restores you, he's refreshing you. This is our God. He's a shepherd God. And he's the good shepherd. I'm always amazed when I come across statements in the Old Testament where Jehovah God, Yahweh, makes these great statements. And then Jesus himself says those very same things. You know, which is fantastic, because it's a real confirmation of his, of his divinity and his own divine nature. Because, you know, if a man or an angel were to say such things, you'd be like, what? Get away? blasphemy." <laughs> well, uh, but Jesus made great statements. The same statements that God made of himself in the Old Testament, Jesus repeated Amen. Uh, for himself. Amen. And it's often got him into trouble with the Pharisees, because he claimed to be equal with God, because of the sort of things that he was saying. Um, you know, only God can meet our deepest internal needs. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's there's something in us kind of God-shaped that only God can fill. You know, if you think of a jigsaw piece that is God-shaped, whatever that might look like in your imagination, nothing else will fill that piece. Uh, Sorry, we'll, we'll... will fill that gap, that piece, that shape. No house, no car, no job, no pay rise, no holiday. Mm. All these things are important. We value all of those things. But you know, there's something that God's shape in us that only God himself can fill. And just moving on to the next slide. In Isaiah chapter 55, God says, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. He goes on to say, why do you spend your money for that which is not great, and your labour for that which does not satisfy And here we go, Jesus saying the same thing. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me to drink. And in Matthew Come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. No one can give you rest like God can give you rest. No one can give you rest like Jesus can give you rest. You know in in the Bible God is likened to a fountain sometimes, particularly in Isaiah and Jeremiah, the, the prophetic books. God is referred to sometimes as being like a well, or a spring, a river. And God is likened to streams in desert places. And he refreshes us. And there's an invitation by God for us to come to him and find rest. And when we come to God, we will experience the love of God. And joy, and peace, and comfort, and empowering. You know, there is a, a coming to Christ that we all still need to go on doing. Amen. You know, even from day one, uh, we came to Christ, didn't we? Amen. And I think Paul said to, I, think it, I believe it was Timothy said, you know, as you received Christ, so go on in him. And there's always a coming to Christ, and we never stop, really, do we? Coming to Christ, and you know He is the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit, isn't He? John said, "There's one who's coming, and He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit." Amen. And Christ, so Christ is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit, and Christ refreshes us. Yeah. Hallelujah! Mm. You know God wants to revive and refresh us. He wants to do that, and there's an invitation. Uh, To freely come. But will we come? I suppose that is the question, is it? Will we come to God and be refreshed? If we can move on to the next slide, please, at the back. (laughs) There's a saying you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I hope you like that picture. I thought it was quite funny. you know, we, we can miss out on what is freely available to us and to all believers. Because the promise is to anyone. Amen. Isn't it? Amen. Not, not a select, but anyone. It's an open offer to all believers. Anyone. Anyone who's weary, anyone who's thirsty, there is the qualification. It's not go fulfill the law. Because well, that's not going to happen, is it? Now, are you thirsty? There's the qualification. So if anyone is thirsty, then this is freely available to you. To be refreshed and revived in God. But the problem is, is that we can allow the busyness of life and life's challenges to distract us. And sometimes unintentionally, we, we, we miss out, don't we? We've allowed uh, the pace of life to get the better of us. And I just want to make a point. You know, we are all in the grace of God. And we are all under the grace of God. And hopefully we don't have kind of legalistic quiet times where we're just ticking the box. However, although we don't want to go down that miserable road... Because we know quiet times it's all about relationship and not religion. But however, we can through a lack of discipline, which is a fruit of the spirit and a fruit of grace, we can miss out from experiencing and enjoying more of God. So sometimes it takes a bit of willpower, doesn't it? Sometimes it takes a a bit of effort. It's not that we're trying to earn God's love, but sometimes you've got to find a way. Uh, To make time. But oh, is it worth it? Amen. Mm -hmm. Oh, is it worth it? So just moving on. This is probably going to be the shortest talk you're ever going to get from me. Uh, An example of Mary and Martha. Uh, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. He sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Does that sound familiar to anyone? (laughs) And the Lord answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you're so anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary here. And Mary's clocked onto it. And she's chosen the better thing. You know, sometimes... Even good things can keep us and distract us Amen. from what we really need. Amen. There's nothing wrong with those things. Mary, I mean, Martha was doing a good thing, wasn't she? She was serving. She was being hospitable. But in the busyness of doing a good thing, she was missing out. Oh. And that's really important. That Sometimes we can get so caught up in stuff, which is not bad stuff, But sometimes there's something better that we could be doing. There could be something we're missing out on. You know, sometimes we need to take time out for ourselves to be with God. And that's going to take some effort. Do you know, I think, I don't know about you, but reflecting on my own life, I think the biggest spiritual battles that I would say I face in my life are something as simple as making the effort to spend time with God. Because I don't know about you, because the pace of life is so intense sometimes, we kind of adopt a kind of prayer on the go lifestyle, but sometimes we need to pray on the stop, sometimes, I mean many years ago I was in a job where I had a really good routine and I was able to, it was in Tunbridge Wells in Kent and I used to leave early to sort of miss some of the traffic and I would sort of leave, I would leave deliberately early uh, so that I could just park in a lay by and have a good quiet time before work and not be bothered by anyone so I was able to miss the traffic and have the quiet time but then as jobs change your routine changes and you find sometimes you don't have that time slot so you've got to find it somewhere else other times I've been able to find an old church in my lunch break and go there and pray Um, but now I've got a very different job again And no two days are the same. So I find that my prayer life is very much prayer on the go. And that's important and that's valid, but I I know I'm missing out on those special times where I can just go somewhere quiet and have that quality time with God. And we need that, don't we? Yes. Um, if we can move on to the next slide, you know, to just give you the example of Jesus. We know Jesus as a man enjoyed intimate communion with God, he walked with God, so much so that Jesus could say, I only do and say what I see the Father doing. It was that, that intimate, that, that close, there's so much, there's such a deep abiding and a walking and a communion with God. And yet, and yet, despite that, Jesus still took special time out and would withdraw to spend that quality time with God. Despite that very intimate relationship that he had with God. And just to make a point, I wasn't quite sure whether to make this point, but hopefully it comes across the right way. You know what? We have an adversary, don't we? We have an enemy. Our adversary, the devil. It's only opinion, what I'm about to say, so you can discard it. But my, I've got a feeling that I don't think the devil's too bothered by how many books we read, how many conferences we go to.
1: Amen.
0: I don't think he's too bothered even about how much activity we give ourselves to. Right. But, oh, will he be afraid of that man and woman of prayer? Amen. Amen. If you look at every right revival in history, there is a common denominator, and that is people praying. Amen. And the revivalist, or the man and woman who greatly <coughs> used of God, was a man and woman of prayer. And it doesn't matter how much you know, uh, your education, what really counts is, are you someone who spends time with God? And the devil knows the difference. He knows the difference. We have that account in Acts where some people just heard or saw what Paul was doing and they copied and then the demon replied said, well, I know Paul, I don't know you. And I think it's so important that If we are to have the most effect
1: uh
0: for the kingdom of God, then it needs to come from a place of intimacy with God. Because knowledge is not gonna cut it. It's important. We must study our Bibles. We really must. And just to say something on that is we mustn't just read our Bibles devotionally, we must do that, of course. We encounter God in the scriptures. But also, we must study our Bibles. Amen. Amen. You know, we must study our Bibles. Amen. We must know theology. We must know doctrine. We must know teaching. Because then that gives you confidence. That gives you authority. So you're not tossed around <coughs> every which way. But you know truth from error, right from wrong, Amen. a lie from a deception. Hallelujah. It's important. Amen. You know, Jesus still took time out despite the intimate relationship he had with the Father uh, and withdrawal because he recognised when you think of all that he achieved in terms of his uh, public ministry, uh, healing the sick, uh, setting captives free and so on and so on. That came from a place of intimacy with God which he had to find time. Um, and just, just moving on, Uh, the last slide. You know, there is rest for us. Hebrews says, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. There is a rest for the people of God that is both present and future. There is a rest in God that you can enjoy now. Because we can rest in the grace of God free from all legalistic righteousness and trying to earn God's approval we can rest in the finished work of the cross in what Christ has achieved through his perfect life and obedience and his death on the cross we can rest in that there is our boasting we boast in Christ and Christ alone and Presently we can enjoy the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We can enjoy the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of adoption. Can't we? And there's that future rest too, where in Revelation, uh, chapter 14, it speaks of uh, a rest for the people of God from their labours. There is a rest to come, that whereby we will be able to enjoy God forever. Mm -hmm. And you know, that rest is never going to end. And we just can't get our minds around what that is going to be like. We've never really experienced anything which doesn't seem to end. But heaven will never end. And our being with God will be forever and ever and ever. And that's just amazing to think there will be no end point. There will be no termination of that. It's just going to be endless. And we have that to look forward to. Yeah. But right now, experimentally, we can enjoy God now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we can rest in the grace and the love of God in our lives. You know, the people of God, you know, every Christian believer, you are someone who, even now, whether you know it or, or not, Directly or indirectly. You are being led by God. Did you know that? Paul says in Romans. Romans 8. um, Verse 14. I think he says. um, Those who are led by the spirit of God. Are the sons of God. Or the children of God. So God is leading you. And he is leading you. Towards spiritual blessings. In Christ. And he's leading you to Christ's likeness. And he wants to lead you to places of, of res- refreshing in God. And, and everything else really is secondary to that. And I think we worry too much about where we should be. Should I be here or should I be there? Whereas I think God is more interested in how you are in that place. Whether you are being like Jesus in that place. We get so hung up, hung up sorry, on guidance, I think, sometimes. We make it so complicated. We have to trust that God has plans for our lives. And that he's leading us. And although we might plan our way, God guides our steps. And, you know, you use sanctified common sense. Do what's in your heart. But wherever you are, love God, love people. And let let Christ be formed in you. Amen. Amen. You know, guidance isn't that complicated. God is working in your life for good. I want to finish really with just playing you a song which is actually Psalm 23. And if you could, if you'd like to close your eyes, if you know it, you might want to sing along. But I don't know if it's, I don't think we've sung it in this church, so we might not, we might not know it. But I'm going to play you the song. If you want to just sort of close your eyes, think about the words, and let, let God speak to you and encounter you as this song will play to you. I hope you found that helpful. Um, Thanks for listening. Sorry about the earlier complications.